0: Okay, it's good to see everybody here this morning. If you've got your Bibles, um, turn, we're going to look at a psalm this morning, Psalm number 46. I hope it's a familiar psalm because i do not uh, Not intending that this be a, a deep theological uh, discussion this morning. It's just a reminder of to, to, uh, some things that ought to be a comfort to us, that ought to be, be a help to us, especially when, when troubles start to come because... As we hear often, especially as we, we read on the prayer list and, and all that, we, we're a people who are troubled. We are. We have sickness. We have illness. We, we live in a land where there's violence. There's, there, there's any number of things that can hit us from every direction. And it's, sometimes it's good to just stop and, and take a look at the Psalms and just meditate on the Word of God and, and how, the comfort that we ought to get there. Let's pray one more time before we start. Father, thank You again for allowing us to be in Your house. This is Your house. It is a place of worship. It's a place where You've called us to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and worship You together And we do glorify You this morning. We thank You for the songs that we've sung already, the prayers that have already been uttered, the the fellowship that has already taken place here in this place among brothers and sisters in, in the family of God. We thank You for that, Lord. We thank You that we have a place where well, we can, for a time, leave the, the cares of the world perhaps uh, uh, behind us and we can come together and spend time alone with you. And that's what we want to do this morning. We pray that as we gather together, the Holy Spirit might be among us. We pray, Lord, that he would feel free uh, to move in our hearts and to call us closer to you. And Father, for this time, we do pray that we would be able to, to lay aside those things that might distract us, those cares of the world. And for this time that we might uh, receive comfort from you. And we commit the time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read Psalm 46. It's it not a long psalm. And again, I hope it's a familiar one to us. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And we can probably all attest to that. Verse 2, Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, selah. And you've probably heard that term, selah. It's it's so it, it, it implies a rest. These are the Psalms were the songbook of of Israel. So we can consider that a rest in the music, where you catch your breath, maybe. But it seems to be, uh, and many commentators take this uh, approach that it's more of a, a rest or a pause to stop and think about what he's just said. He's talking about even though the the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, the waters thereof roar and be troubled, storms, earthquakes, all of those things. He says, God is our refuge and strength in verse one. Uh, Verse four, he says, there's a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the most high. God is in the midst of her. That is in the midst of Jerusalem. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raged, the kingdoms removed. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, that word Selah, stop and uh, just take a pause and think about that. Let that sink in. Verse eight, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. God, though the troubles that come against us may seem like warfare, though they might actually be warfare, God can put an end to that as soon as he chooses to do so. Verse 10, this is the Lord speaking through the psalmist. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And then the psalmist takes up again in verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This, when I read this psalm, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Martin Luther's hymn from uh, the early 1500s, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's one of the most beautiful songs ever. It's not always the easiest to sing for some people, but it is beautiful. And it starts out, a mighty, My mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. And it goes on to give that comfort that we get from knowing that God is our God and He is our mighty fortress. Verse ten tells us here, the 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 you go into it about the middle of the verse, I guess, maybe a little before you get there. Those three words, I am God. No matter what problems you're facing, he says to us, I am God. And there's not a problem that you'll ever face that that I'm not bigger than, is there? That's a beautiful phrase. It's an incredible phrase because it speaks of of things that we know about God that we ought to remind ourselves of sometimes. It speaks of His omnipotence. That's one of those theological terms, isn't it? It's a a compound word. Omni meaning all. Potence meaning power. Potency. We we, we want vitamins that are are full of potency, don't we? They have the power. God is all-powerful. That's included in that phrase. I am God. We, we speak of His omniscience, another compound word, omni, meaning all science, meaning uh, referring to knowledge. He knows all things. That's the God we serve. Uh, no matter what comes our way, He already knows about it. He already knew about it long before it came our way, didn't He? No matter what problems we, we have, He knows about them. We, when He says, I am God, it speaks of His omnipresence. Again, omni meaning all, presence meaning we know what that means. He's present with us no matter where we are. He is all present. And that means He can be right here with us this morning. He can be with the folks in our church who aren't with us this morning. He can be with every other church who's meeting at the same time we are. He can be with lost people who will never darken the doors of a church. He is still where they are. And He can still reach them as He chooses to. That's what it says when He says, I am God. And it speaks also, I think we have to to recognize another one of those theological terms, His immutability, which simply means God doesn't change. He's immutable. All of these things, He's omnipotent. He has all power. He has all knowledge. He is ever-present and He never changes. So He will always be all-powerful and all-knowledgeable and ever-present. Isn't that something to take to the bank on a bad day, on a on a cloudy, rainy day? We know the truth of that verse. I am God. That's what God says to us. In this psalm, I think God is re- He's revealed to us as four different things. He's revealed to us as a refuge. He's revealed to us as our strength. He's revealed to us as a helper, and He's revealed to us as a conqueror. And wants to look at all these? As a refuge, look in uh, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge. And that's repeated. Those words are sen- uh, essentially the same message is repeated in uh, verses 7 and 11 as well. Verse 7, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, verse 11, the God of Jacob is our refuge. We could say the God of Spring Lake Baptist Church is our refuge. We could say the God of, and put our names there. He is our refuge, isn't He? His strength is mightier than any enemy that we will ever face. And that enemy could be, it could take the form, uh, you know, the simplest term, will an enemy, somebody that wants to do you harm. But it could be a person, a place, or a thing, can it? It could be any person who does, who means us harm, certainly. And God is stronger than any of those enemies. But it could be a place and not just a physical location like. Altima or Burlington or something of that nature. It could be a, pl- a situation, a place where we find ourselves. It could be a sick room in a hospital. And uh, we, we've, we've heard of people just recently uh, that, that we're, we're close to who have spent time in an emergency room or, or time getting a CT scan or going to get chemotherapy treatments. It could be a place where we find ourselves in a funeral home or at a gravesite where we've just lost someone. That's a trial, isn't it? Did we, because we've, there, there's, there's an emptiness that we cannot fill. And so we, it comes across to us as a storm that hits us, but God's our refuge in that storm. He's the one who, who keeps us from it, isn't He? Anything that might be a, a, a problem or something attacking us, God's our refuge in that. So this is what this speaks of. It's his strength is mightier than any enemy. His power can overcome any obstacle we face. His knowledge, is, uh, it foresees every need that we ever have. The very fact that God says, I will meet your needs. The fact that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His knowledge sees everything that will face us this week. I don't know what will face any of us this week. None of us do. That's the, that's the adventure of life, isn't it? But God knows. And He's always known. That's the thing. He is all knowledgeable. Therefore, no matter what hits us this week, He knew about it last week. He knew about it 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. He knew about it the day Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden. He knew about it long before that. And so nothing ever takes Him by surprise. He's our refuge. He says, I am God, and I am your refuge. And His provision is able to supply anything that we lack because His wealth is far greater than anything we can imagine. And He has told us in His Word that He is able to do for us abundantly above anything that we could ask or think isn't that a comforting verse because i don't know about you guys but i got a pretty good imagination and when i I can start thinking about what god could do and i could come up with all kinds of great things but he can do far more than i could ever imagine think about a little child and the kind of the level of imagination they have god could even exceed that imagination can he and the things that he can do for us now, what we have to re- remember is this does not in any way mean that we will never have problems just because God is this great. We know that by experience, don't we? Uh, that, that's, we, don't, we don't need an equation to figure out that problems are going to come. We have empirical data that shows us every day of our lives problems will come. But our God's a refuge when they do come. That's a comfort for us. The second thing we can see in this psalm is that not only is God a refuge, He's our strength. Again, verse 1, God is our refuge and Strength. We are weak. Would you agree with that statement? We are weak in so many ways. We're weak in knowledge. You can go to school year after year after year. You can go to the school of hard knocks. All of that. And we, our knowledge is still very limited, isn't it? And I've told you before, I think. I, I used to work with a man years, many years ago. And his his response was, I don't know nothing. Ask me anything and I can prove it. I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. That's one way to look at it, isn't it? But what, in in essence, we could all say that to a certain extent. Ask us anything, and we can prove how unknowledgeable we are because we don't, we lack what God has. We we we're weak in our understanding. Knowledge is knowing a set of facts. Understanding is understanding what to do with that information, isn't it? I. Uh, I could I could quote from engineering. School. I, I knew how to do integral calculus and, and 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 all kinds of equations. That's knowledge. I knew what I knew what those numbers meant. Now, what do I do with that? That that helps. That's the understanding, isn't it? Of, it's not enough just to know those facts. We're lacking in understanding, but our God isn't. He understands all. We're lacking in wisdom, aren't we? Well, now knowledge is having a set of facts. Understanding is knowing what. You do with those facts. Wisdom is knowing how to apply those facts to the problems that you have. I like there too, don't you? Can we we all say that? And that's why the Lord tells us in his word, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men, you remember that next word, liberally. He gives us all the wisdom we could ever take in. And it says he never upbraids us for it. He never chastises us. He never fusses at us, so to speak, because we come to him and say, "Lord, I don't have the wisdom to, I don't, I don't know where to go here," because he is our wisdom and he is our strength, or he's our refuge and he's our strength. We're weak uh, physically, and as we get older, that gets worse, doesn't it? We realize we're not as strong as we used to be. We lack endurance. We're weak in that area, aren't we? I can't. I can't. Uh, there was a time when I could maybe have run a mile without ever getting winded, but that time has long since passed. That that horse has left the barn, so they, as they say. Our endurance, all of these things, we realize that we're weak in these, but our God isn't. And when we run across problems where that weakness, our weaknesses are, are pro- more pronounced, God says, I'm your strength. I'm your refuge. I'll take care of you. We derive our strength from Him. Ephesians 6 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Don't rely on your own strength. Is what the Apostle Paul was telling the church in Ephesus. See, your strength isn't going to see you through all the problems you face. God's strength will. They'll see you through that. We're strengthened when we submit ourselves to the Lord. That's the thing that we need to understand. Uh, James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And then he says, Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. We have to submit ourselves to the Lord first, don't we? That's where we derive our strength, by submitting ourselves to Him and saying, Lord, I'm going to do what You want me to do. Because if I try to tackle these problems myself, my weakness is going to show up. The weakness I have in knowledge and understanding and wisdom and strength and endurance, they're going to be far more pronounced if I try to handle the problems that I have on my own. And God said, that's okay. Because I'm your refuge and I'm your strength without his strength we're, we're very easy targets for satan aren't we with his strength we can resist the devil and he'll flee from us that's that's a promise of scripture okay so uh, in the psalm here we see that God is our refuge we see his our strength we also see him as a helper verse 1 again god is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble that term trouble" in the Hebrew in the original language is an interesting term it has the, t- the idea of to be restricted It has the idea of uh, to to uh to be tied up or to be um, uh, in a in a cramped place or a narrow place in in common English vernacular it would be like to, 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 be, uh, to, to say that He's a very present help in trouble, it would be to say He's a very present help when we find ourselves in a jam, in a constricted place. Or when we find ourselves, let's bring it more co- uh, common, when we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. God is a very present help for us. That's what that term trouble uh, means in the original language. There's another song that we don't, we don't sing as much, I don't think, as we used to in churches. Oh God, our help in ages past. Our, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. He's our God. He's our help in, in times past. He's our help in times future. He's our, time, our help in times present, isn't He? And, and we can look back at, at what He's done for us in the past, and it just gives us confidence that He's very present help for us now when the troubles come. So he's, uh, we see in the psalm He's, he's our refuge, He's our strength. He's a helper. And we see also that He's a conqueror. Look at verse 9. He's talking about here, again, this is an analogy of war. It says, He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. This ultimately, I think, refers to the the day that when Christ is going to put all His enemies aside and He's going to reign victorious over all of His enemies. But even today, God can still put aside those enemies that that we face. Whether it is a physical enemy, uh, an army uh, with weaponry, or if it's just any problem that comes across our path that threatens our safety, that threatens our well-being. Because uh, our Savior is is our conqueror, isn't He? That's what Scripture teaches us. He conquered sin and death for us, didn't He? Once and for all, He led captivity captive, and we don't have to worry about that anymore. He conquers the power that sin used to have over us. Because before we're saved, we're in pitiful shape. We can't help ourselves with sin, can we? Because we are slaves to sin, but He's conquered that for us. And now, He conquers our fears and gives us hope. That's who He is. He's our helper. He's our uh, conqueror. And so those are the four things that we can see uh, God revealed us. Uh, he's our refuge. He's our strength. He's our helper. He's our conqueror. That's a declaration and we see there first of who God is. He says, I am God. Now, a second thing we see in this psalm is uh, it goes beyond God declaring that He is God and He gives us an exhortation. He encourages us to, to do something. First, uh, 40, uh, Chapter 46 and verse 10 again. He says, Know that I am God. First, He says, I am God. Now we look at it. He says, know that I am God. And there are several ways for us to know God, isn't there? Several ways for us to. One is by believing in Him. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. How do we know God? By trusting Him. By putting our faith in Him. 1 Peter 1 8 speaks of, of Christ as being the one whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see Him not, yet believing ye rejoice with, un- with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's how we know God. We put our trust in Him. We put our belief in Him. A second way that we can know God is by yielding to Him. Romans chapter 6, and verse 13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Don't yield yourself to sin you want to know God, yield yourself to Him. As as any servant would do, if he wants to know his Master, he yields to Him. And he says, I trust you because you, you've, you've promised to take care of me. You will guide me in the way I need to go and you protect me in the way. And whatever you tell me to do, Lord, I'll do it with your authority because as Christians, we are His ambassadors, aren't we? And so we, have, we go in His full authority and with His full protection. So if we want to know Him, we believe in Him, we yield to Him, and then we serve Him. That's the third way that we can come to where we know God. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with, you remember, gladness. Serve Him with gladness. And we can do that because He's not a hard master, is He? He's, Christ is the one who says, Come to me, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy. My burden is light. He's not going to overwork us. He's not going to, to, to do things, to, to send us to do things that are going to cause us harm. Not in the, in the long run. There are people who have given their lives for the service of Jesus Christ. But what did they have waiting when that was over? Eternal life. We had a pastor one time years ago, and, and he said, Robin and I were talking about it the other day, and he, he said that at some point he was, I think somebody. Uh, came at him with a knife he was trying to rob him or something and he, he threatened him he said give me your wallet and he said, I, I believe the story went he said no and he said if you don't give me the, your wallet I'm going to kill you and he said young man don't threaten me with eternal life that's not going to get you anywhere because he knew if that life was over we think well that was a little cavalier and maybe we wouldn't go that far but was it the truth there if his life ended that at that instant he would be present with the Lord forever and so that's the God that we serve. Colossians three twenty three and twenty four say, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord ye shall, that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. That's who we serve. We don't serve men. If we want to know God, which is what he's saying to here, know. I am God. If we want to do that, we believe in Him, we put our trust in Him, we yield ourselves to Him, and we serve Him. And we do it with gladness, and we do it willingly, because we do love Him, and we know He loves us. So He's declared to us, I am God. He has exhorted us, know that I am God. And then He gives us a consolation in this passage. Again, Psalm 46.10, He says, Not only does He say, I am God, not only does He say, no, I am God, He said, be still and know I am God. We can be still when the troubles come at us, can't we? Uh, He says in verse 2, and and, and the the idea is, be still and know I am God, even when these things happen. Verse 2 says, though the earth be removed, be still and know that I am God. Verse 2 also says, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, be still and know that I am God. Verse 3 says, "...Though the waters thereof, that is, though the sea roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake, we can still be still and know that He is God." And in verses 6-9, again, He describes the, 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 the violence of war and problems that can take that kind of magnitude, and yet He still says, "...You can be still and know that I am God when these things are coming." Because He doesn't change. And he has obligated himself to take care of us, to meet our needs. Isn't that good news, by the mm-hmm. way? And what do we read in Psalm 23? He says that he, he does those things, he takes care of his sheep as, the, as our shepherd. And why does he do it? For his name's sake. God is not going to allow his reputation to be tarnished because he did not take care of his children. He is going to guard His name. And He says, I'm going to take care of you for my sake. And that's what He's telling us here. Be still and know that I'm God. And there are, I think there are three areas of life that we can be still in. We can be still regarding our past. We can be still regarding our present. And we can be still regarding our future, can't we? We know this intuitively. Concerning the past, First uh, uh, John 2.12, said, John said, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. Isn't that the biggest thing about our past that we want to be still over? The fact that we lived the life of sin before we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, you don't have to worry about that. You can be still over that because your sin's debt has been paid. When Satan comes before God as he went before God uh, to accuse Job, the Lord says, those sins are in the past, and I paid the price for them. That sin's not on His debt anymore. It's not on His account. It was put on my account, and I paid the price. That sin debt is over. And we don't have to worry about it. We don't live in the past anymore. We don't have to, to fear death because of what we did in the past. Because He says, I'm going to give you eternal life. We can be still and know that at the end of this life, the lord we serve is going to take us home to be with him in heaven forever and though the scripture is is somewhat it, it gives us glimpses of what heaven's going to be like but i think what heaven's going to be like is another one of those efforts that god's going to do far and away above anything we could have, uh, imagine or think heaven is going to be far greater than we ever thought it would be and that's where we get to go so we don't have to worry about our past we can be still concerning our present. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I like the way that's put. According to his riches, not out of his riches. You see, God's riches are never depleted because he helps us from any of it. He's, he's still just as wealthy as he ever was. God's power is, not, is not diminished at all because he helps us from it. His knowledge is not diminished at all because He gave us part of it. He gives us what we need according to His riches. That's good news, isn't it? So we don't have to worry about, we don't have to fret, we don't have to worry because God says, I'll give you what you need and I'll give it to you when you need it. And I might not give it to you a lot ahead because you need to start relying on your riches instead of my provision. And that's probably good for us. Some of us, probably couldn't be trusted with wealth. Apparently the Lord thinks I couldn't be trusted with it because I've never been wealthy. And you could probably say the same thing, right? Okay. But He will meet our needs. Jude 24 refers to the Lord as Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. God says you just, need to, you just simply need to be still and know that I'm God. I'm the one who watches over you during this present life. And you don't need to fear if your trust is in me. We also can be still concerning our future, though. Mark uh, chapter seven and verse thirty-seven. It, re- it describes Christ as the one who does all things well. He says, "I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take you with to be with me someday." And He does everything well, so we can look forward to that. Romans eight twenty-eight, very familiar verse, says, "All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose." that does not in any way say that everything that comes across your path is going to be pleasant, does it? That's not what it says. It doesn't say that every day of your life is going to be easy. It doesn't say that there's not going to be pitfalls or you're going to trip over something. It doesn't say any of that. It simply says that when all of the events, all of the pieces of your life are taken together, they're all going to be in accordance with God's plan for you. They're all going to work together for good to those who are the called according to His purpose. And if the Lord has brought us to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we are the called according to His purpose. And that is good news. So we don't have to worry about the future. We can be still and know that our God holds the future that we're looking forward to. So we've seen a, a, a declaration, I am God. We've seen an exhortation, know that I am God. We've seen a consolation, be still, be still. And know that i'm god don't fret don't worry about the problems let me take care of that essentially god says uh, let me take care of the heavy lifting you just rely on me to do that for you we we all know that we live in a very cold we live in a very cruel we live in a sinful world don't we and that's not getting any better and scripture doesn't promise that this life will get better life gets stormy sometimes and we are confronted with our own weaknesses, with our own frailties, our own inabilities. And it is very easy in this life. It would be very easy for any of us to reach a point where we said, just throw our hands up and say, I'm, I'm done. I can't I can't do this anymore. I give up. But Scripture says we don't need to give up. We've got. There's a much better solution. Again, Psalm 46, those last two verses, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, let that soak in. One of the most difficult things in the world, isn't it? To be still when the troubles come. We want to do something. That's who we are. That's that's America at its best. We do things when problems happen. And God says, sometimes just be still. And let me take care of it. Because we know that when the troubles come, our God will be exalted. That's what His Word teaches us. We know that He is with us. We know that He is our refuge and our strength and an ever-present help when we're in trouble. We know those things. That's what the Scripture is teaching us here. And with that knowledge, we can face anything that this world might throw at us. We can reach anything uh, that that or we can we can face anything that reaches us because we know that in order for anything to reach us, it has to come through the hands of God. Scripture tells us very clearly, if we are saved, if we are members of God's family, we are in His hand. Anything that is in my hand, you've got to go through my fingers to get to it. Right? That's the illustration that we're given. We are in God's hand. Anything that reaches us has to come through that, and that means He has to let it reach us, and He will will meet our needs. So, I hope that's been encouraging to you today, because I know that uh, life can be tough sometimes, but our God is tougher than anything we ever face. Father, thank You for allowing us to look into Your Word. Thank You for the truth of Psalm 46. Or this has been a message to believers, people who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, people who know that we can be still and know that You are God, that You are our refuge and our strength and a very present help in our trouble. Father, we thank You for that knowledge. I pray that if there's anyone who is listening who has never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, they don't have that promise. Uh, they may uh, end up facing the problems on their own. And we pray this morning that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior so that they could be born into your family by simply putting their trust, their faith into Him. And so, Father, we pray as we go, we leave this place today that you go with us. When the troubles come, Lord, help us uh, to, to uh, obey the words of Scripture, to be still and know that you are God and to know uh, the help, the comfort encouragement the protection that you can give us go with us now as we go our separate ways father and bring us back again at the at the next service when we ask it in jesus name amen thank you